Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview breakout sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. This episode comes from press conferences on Wednesday, August 14th, that featured both head coach Ryan Day and co-defensive coordinator Greg Madison. First up, we hear from Coach Day. In his comments, he confirms that he is planning to announce a starting quarterback this coming Monday, and that Justin Fields has shown tremendous progress since Saturday's practice. He also said that the coaches believe that Chris Olave is on track to be a, quote, every down receiver. And he updated the battle to be the team's backup running back as well. Now, after we hear from Day, Greg Madison is up next. He discusses the linebacker depth. And depending on how you feel about the linebackers rotation in 2018, you might not exactly like what he has to say. He also has high praise for Chase Young, both on and off the field. And he talks about working with Jeff Halfley and Larry Johnson. Now, if you're finding this podcast on the website LandGrantHolyLand.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts because we will be bringing you an unparalleled amount of podcast coverage during the football season from every imaginable perspective. So subscribe now and we will let you know all about our plans for the season here in the next few weeks. Okay, now that we've got all of that out of the way, here's Ryan Day and Greg Madison. Ryan, you ready to uh, declare starting quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long. Um, yeah, you know, again, uh, second weekend. I, I think probably what we're going to do is, um, you know, get through the weekend and then and then on Monday probably uh, make a final decision. But, uh, but the guys are competing really, really well. You know, I think, um, you know, Justin's practicing at a high level now and, and, you know, had a nice couple of really good days here. So and we'll get through the weekend. Um, you know, we got to name captains here in the next couple of days as well. And then, We'll get back here on Monday and, and, and probably have a, an update for you. But I'd like to make the decision and make the announcement on Monday. How do you feel overall about the position? You know, the, the guys competing for the top job. Death, just overall, how do you feel about the, the quarterback position? Uh, good. I feel good. I feel better than I did last week at this time. I think the guys are getting more and more reps under their belt. Um, I do think Justin's taking a stride in the last couple of days. In the last week, he's uh, moving the team nicely. He's taking care of the ball better in the last couple of days, uh, throwing the ball on time. Um, so, uh, improvements there and uh, leadership is improving. Um, so, you know, we, we got a, a, a padded practice tomorrow, uh, padded practice on the Saturday, and then we'll regroup and then and then go ahead on a Monday. So, all right, just to continue with the quarterbacks there. How involved is Chug in that backup race? It seemed like we saw him getting some stuff with the twos a little bit there. Yeah, uh, you know, Chris has been here now and uh, for a year, a year and a half, I guess. Uh, well, maybe I guess less than that, probably about a year. Well, it seems longer than that. Um, you think about last August, I guess he came in, huh? Yeah, but he's been here a while. He knows what's going on. Um, he's actually had a chance to change his body in the off season, and he's done a good job. He's done some really good things. Had a sprained ankle, so he missed a couple practices. But, but yeah, he's battling. You know, he wants to play. He's not here just to kind of uh, take up a spot. Uh, I think his, his leadership's been good. He's been throwing the ball well, and and I, I've been impressed so far with with his approach and, and how he came into this camp. Talking about the running backs and just wanting back the last couple times we've been here. Is part of that just because Master has been out? He seems like a guy who could be at the top of that list. Yeah, hard to tell because he just hasn't practiced very much, you know. Um, and so, uh, really, don't have an evaluation on him uh, with the spring. And now, you know, we uh, 
he's getting there, but he still isn't isn't full go. Um, you got Demario, and then you got the, the two young guys. But the biggest thing is going to be ball security in the end. Who do we trust? We give the ball to him. And uh, again, right now there is no backup running back. Um, I think all three guys, you know, and four guys with Master when he gets healthy, want that spot. But uh, they got to learn to take care of the ball. And we got to be able to trust them. Yes, this is this is practice eleven uh, camp voice right here. So I apologize. Second row left, Ari. Hey Ryan, uh, I know with uh, whatever's going on with Austin, that uh, Chris Olave is going to need to step up. I mean, I was just wondering with the way that he ended last year. I know he missed some time in the spring, but is he looking like somebody who could be a number one receiver on this team right now? I mean, where is he at? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he finished that way last season. Uh, but it's different when you come in and, you know, you're counted on right from the beginning. You know, it's easy, not easy, but it's one thing to come in in the backup role, you know, the closer role, but it's another thing to be the starter. And so in this offense, um, you know, we're looking for ones. We're looking for starters. So last year, again, when you think back and, in, in, you know, Terry and, and Johnny, they both started. Uh, KJ and Paris, they both started. Ben and Austin both started. So, uh, you know, Chris is practicing right now at a starter level. And, and I think that's that's been good for us. Um, and, you know, we'll obviously want to get Austin back here in the next week or so and, and solidify that Z position. You look at the trajectory of some of the receivers who've gone through this program, you know, guys like the three that left last year went off their entire careers and really came on those senior years. Yeah. And, you know, development is obviously always a huge part of it. But when you see a kid who comes in and flashes and is special as a freshman, does that set him apart just from a coach's standpoint of like, wow, that guy – you can tell already the second he got on campus, there was something different about him. Does Chris have that? Yeah, he does. He does. Right from the from the jump, you could see his ball skills, the way he could track a ball down the field was off the charts. Uh, but he was 165, I think, when he got here, maybe maybe even less. And so we were just worried about him holding up. You know, when you look at the size of Terry and Paris, how big they were compared to, to Chris when he first got in here, we realized he had a lot of work to do physically. But he's strong. You know, he's not real thick, but he is really strong. And he came in, I think, I'm pretty sure he bench pressed 225 like seven times when he first got here, like 165, which is uh, unique. And so he has uh, power. And uh, then when he put on the weight and, and got stronger and it changed his body, now, you know, we think he's an every down uh, receiver. A little bit that you kind of found him on accident, like the way that this all planned. I mean, yeah, and yeah. you were involved in it personally, and now this is a guy who could be a yeah. big change in your offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really cool, really cool. Uh, you know, to see where he came and to watch that evaluation and see, you know, we saw something in the spring, um, and, and you know, obviously didn't play his, his junior year, but then saw his his first couple, two, three games, and, and recognized his skill and his talent level, and his film was off the charts. Had some coaches go out and watch him play, and then to see a guy who really wasn't that highly recruited turn into a really good receiver is is pretty gratifying. Yeah. Evaluate the quarterbacks and, and how they're moving the, the offense down the field. Just with the way you practice, how much room is there, uh, maybe particularly for a guy like Justin, to sort of use his athleticism and freelance if you're trying to balance, you know, protecting them and managing the what little depth you have at that position? Well, I, I think in this offense, um, you know, you don't want to be paint by numbers with an athletic quarterback. You want to have them, uh, you want him to have the ability to, to kind of. Uh, make plays with his feet and, and ad lib a little bit, but but also stay within the offense. I think that's the key to a guy like that. When you think of the Russell Wilsons of the world and uh, you know mobile quarterbacks who can create, I think you want to uh, you know give them the opportunity to, to to play within the offense. 
but then also, you know, make plays with their feet. And, and I think Justin, you know, gives us that opportunity. And, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's smart. He's going to know when he's going to have to put his pads down and run. And then also when he has to, you know, get down, slide or get out of bounds. And that, that's part of playing quarterback. Do what? Create? To create yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, you get a feel for it. Yeah, you get a feel for it. I mean, it's not always perfect. You know, sometimes Chase Young or Jonathan Cooper will come in and be screaming sack, but we'll let the play go just to see what happens. Um, and then, you know, kind of create from there. And, and you get to see it. You get to see throws on the move, you know, awkward throws and um, and so we've had to teach you know, scramble technique to the guys and stay with the play because it's always going to be alive. Uh, this kind of has nothing to do with camp, but I just wanted to ask you about it. Uh, when, when KJ and Damon both came back uh, in the spring, they each mentioned uh, Chris Carter and the guidance that, that he gave them. Did, did you guys, as a staff or as a program, try to, try to bring Chris into the fold and those guys find him on his own? You just said, shed a little light on how we got involved in the process. Yeah, I mean, Chris has been around the program. He, uh, you know, he's spoken to the team before, and and you know, I think those conversations were between Chris and, and the players. And um, you know, I wasn't involved with those conversations, but obviously appreciate all his support. He he means a lot to the program, and and um, he's a good friend. Ryan, your three starting linebackers from last year. How much are those guys getting pushed from the young guys? Yeah, there's good depth there. Guys are guys are practicing hard at linebacker. Uh, proud of the way those guys are running around and they're trying to really practice tough and that's been a huge emphasis point on defenses to be one of the toughest defenses in the country and the toughest defense in the Big Ten and I think they're practicing that way I think the young guys are flashing they're running around uh, the good news for, for them is that they, you know they're all learning the, uh, the defense for the first time so they all kind of start at the same level the experience level is different uh, but uh, there's some talent there and so I get, just like any other position if we can play depth um, I think the guys believe that that, that helps you know, it's not like guys are being territorial, although they want to be the starter. I think they understand they need each other. And, um, you know, the more depth they have at each position, the stronger their position will be, especially down the stretch. Do you have a pecking order there, a depth chart there yet? No, we don't. Over to the right, Clay. Do you still uh, devote time to Michigan, or is that strictly during the season, or are you doing that now? Uh, we are. Yeah, we are. We do it in the preseason. We do it in the spring. And have you looked ahead at particular teams on this schedule? Uh, not yet. No, not yet. I mean, uh, we do that uh, during June and during May. We'll look ahead a little bit. But the first couple of weeks are just based on us trying to get better fundamentally and go against the defense. And, and then once we get into that third week, we start to kind of look ahead and start getting into scouts. Uh, where, where do you stand right now, Ryan, with, uh, with Thayer Munford? What is his situation? I know you don't get into inter, uh, injuries, et cetera, but uh, how concerned are you that he may not be able to answer the bell season opener? No, oh, I'm not concerned. No, he's been practicing well. He's practicing hard. You know, he's got some volume control, but I think Stud and, and, and our, our trainers have done an excellent job of making sure that we kind of ease him back in, but, but he looks strong, and, and um, you know, so far he's had a good camp. And the other thing, you know, a little update on Chase Young. Is, is he – obviously he played last year with two sprained ankles most <laughs> – or two dinged-up ankles most of the uh, the year and stuff. What are you seeing that's different about him right now, a, uh, a fresh Chase Young? Uh, mature, very mature. Uh, as a leader, uh, he gets up in front of the team, talks to the team. Uh, you know, probably, I feels like every almost every other practice. Uh, he's, he's the voice of our defense right now. That's what I feel. That's what I see. Um, I see a guy who's practicing really, really hard and got a really mature approach, and uh, he's shown a lot of leadership. Hey, look, get him on this thing. Uh, Chris Olave, you, know, you kind of discovered him, <laughs> for more of another term. Do you tell your guys all the time, go, 
go out on the recruiting trail with your eyes wide open, not just focused on one guy? I mean, how do y'all kind of approach that? Yeah, I think always you do that. You ask a lot of questions. You talk to high school coaches, you know, who are the best players in the area. You talk to different people to find out, um, you know, especially the people you trust. But in recruiting, there's a lot of different skills. You know, there's the communication. um, There's the, um, you know, connection that you make. But there's also evaluation. And I think evaluating is really critical nowadays. And I I think we did a great job of evaluating him. and I think that's one of the parts that sometimes is lost right now because, you know, there's so many internet, you know, sites where they rank guys and there's rivals, and so you, you know, you can easily pull up rankings and figure out where guys are recruiting wise. But uh, you gotta you gotta trust what you see, and you gotta evaluate guys, and you gotta ask questions of the coaches. And his coach, uh, Coach Hauser, a uh, very respected guy, you know, had great things to say about him, his work ethic, the way he went to work every day, four sport athlete, and you know, you start adding those things up and checking the boxes, you know, you got a chance. Uh, what would you say now that you've gone through in half of training is Greg Madison's impact on this team so far on the defense? And, and he took very seriously the idea of being a coordinator because he doesn't have a position group per se. Um, what would you say his impact has been? Yeah, I mean, he does meet with the outside backers um, on a regular basis. Um, so he does, he does have a group. Um, I think his experience um, is critical for us. It's uh, making sure that fundamentally we're sound, that um, you know we fit the runs correctly, that the back end's fitting in with the front end, uh, that we're pursuing to the ball, and that our fundamentals are really, really strong. And that's something he's preached for a long, long time, and he's done a really good job of that since he's been here. And on the offense, uh, how much are you guys doing this, the non-strap time snap, the snap from the under center, and how big? An, what kind of impact do you think that will have? What kind of how often will you use it? Do you think? Uh, I mean, we, we've messed around with it a little bit. We'll see. Still kind of evaluation phase. You know, you, you do some things here and there. But, uh, you know, still we'll mostly be in the gun this year. Something, though? What, what do you think it adds? Uh, I mean, you know, there's a couple things sometimes you can do in short yardage, just, you know, if you need it or in certain situations. Um, but uh, it's not something that we've done in the past year, and I don't, I don't know how much we're going to do it moving forward. But but it's something you always look at every year. You mentioned you're open to have a QB decision by Monday. Do you plan to do any sort of, like, preseason depth chart or that sort of thing? Yeah, we're going to talk about it, yeah. Um, I think there's still some battles that will go into the third week. So, um, you know, probably won't have a whole team depth chart. But, um, you know, after this week, we'll probably have a good good idea where guys are. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have captains by then. Um, and that will be, you know, throughout the weekend. So I uh, should have a good update on Monday. As far as your running backs as well, Marcus Crowley lost his black stripe the other day. What have you seen from him in his first camp? You know, he's tough. He's big, he's strong, and he's tough. Um, he's still learning the offense. He'll still make some – some freshman mistakes here and there, but uh, I, I like his toughness. I mean, he'll stick his face on people. Uh, he practices really, really hard, uh, just needs more experience, needs to stay focused and make sure that he knows what he's doing when he's out there because when he does, he runs hard and he's physical. Do you have any update on Austin Mack, too? Uh, nothing new, no. Front row left, Doug? I have some questions just running through the receivers a little bit. You said when you get Austin back, that'll help with Z. Is he a Z? Now, pretty much. Well, that, that's where he started. Uh, he has the ability, as you know, to, to play both. Um, but he started there in preseason. He played some of that in the spring. And, um, you know, that's where he'll start. But he can very easily go to X. He's played X for three years. So Is that is any other motivation the idea that if you put Austin at Z, then you can have Ben and Austin as the two seniors on the field at the same time? Yeah, I, I think it's good to have both those guys deserve to be on the field at, at the same time. So, um, 
it's all about, you know, how do these young guys step up? We want to have six, maybe seven receivers that play. So we want to roll guys. And wherever it fits and however that all fits in, in terms of those six or seven guys, we'll kind of move those around. But, um, you know, Elijah Gardner's been practicing really, really well. Jamison Williams is also, um, you know, flashed at times. So that gives you four Zs right there with, with a lot of depth. And uh, I think you'll see all those guys play. And I was going to ask that. So Garrett's at X. Uh, Garrett is at X right now. And yeah. so um, wh- why is that the right fit for him? Yeah, well, I think when you look at the X, you have Ben, you have Jalen Harris, and then you have Garrett. And I think, um, you know, with the ability maybe to move Austin over there if you needed to. So now that gives you four guys over there. Um, in our offense, anytime you get a one-on-one matchup on the X receiver, you know, we feel like they should win in a one-on-one matchup. And, and those those body types are usually the bigger body types, longer body types. And I, fit, I think all those guys fit that. Is, we know Ben is Ben and he's going to play. Is it are, are Garrett and Jalen fighting then to be that second guy? They are. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it's been a good battle. I think Jalen's gotten better. I think Garrett's really flashed at times. So uh, they're going at it every day. Um, you know, I think they'll they'll both play, but they're both battling for that backup spot. And we know the way you guys have run six receivers out there and rotated all three spots um, with the experience that KJ has. You know, KJ and Paris basically split H last yeah. year. Would it be possible could, that could KJ play seventy five percent of the snaps at H this year because he's such a veteran? Or would you prefer to really just roll guys and that whether it's CJ or Jalen behind him, they roll equally? I'd prefer it to be 50-50. Uh, that's my preference. But uh, I think KJ's strong. He's been here for a while. He's played a lot of football. And I think he can handle it. Um, and, if, and if he gives us that much of an advantage over you know our next H you know, with, with CJ or, or with Jalen Gill, then, then he'll play more. Um, I think you know KJ's uh, pretty complete uh, in terms of his skill set. So... Uh, he can do just about everything. And I think in the end, it's just going to come down to how durable will he be late in the season and can his stam- stamina sustain throughout a game. And Jalen and CJ battling behind KJ? They are. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah, they're, they're both practicing really, really well, I think. Um, you know, CJ really good in, in short areas and, and winning one-on-one battles. And, and Jalen Gill's growing. Um, you know, still makes some stakes here and there, but flashes too. So uh, he's, got a, he's got a bright future. Just needs to keep working with Coach Hart and, and improving every day. But But he's... He's another talented young receiver we have. I do that. I do every position group like that if we could, but I guess we should probably move on. That was fun. Thank you. We don't have to move on. We've got time for a couple more. Uh, third row left, Dan. Ryan, it seems like you and the other coaches have really been preaching toughness a lot in these first couple weeks of camp. Just what makes that such a point of emphasis? And is it is it any more of an emphasis this year than it would always be, or is that just something that's always a big emphasis this time? Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's behind us behind the screen, but it's tough love. You know, and, and I think when you, uh, you know, preach love as much as we've preached as a coaching staff, I think it, the toughness is the other part of that. You know, this is a tough, tough game. And again, not comparing any other team to this team right here. We just know that it's a tough game. We've got to be tough. And now more than ever, our guys got to come together and we've got to be mentally tough, physically tough, emotionally tough. But then we got to love. And that's so those those have been the two messages. Um and then the last one has been has been about fighting. You know, our team's got to fight. And so we've been carrying that message, trying not to change it, trying to stay focused on those. And I think the guys are embracing it. I think we're tougher than when we were practice one, and we got to keep building on it. Yeah, you mentioned the tough love, the fight till the end. It seems like those kind of been the two mantras you guys have been using on social media. Just kind of what are what made those the mottos of this year's team going into the season? Well, I think the fight part of it is because, we, you know, this is a new staff, new team, and uh, we need to prove ourselves. And, you know, when, when you're when you're a heavyweight boxer, you got to fight every day. You know, someone's trying to knock you out and you have to come swinging. 
and, and you can't you can't um, you know show up without your hands up. You got to be ready to roll right from the first snap. And then you also got to learn how to take a punch. I mean, somewhere along the line, when you go into a fight, you're going to take a punch. And how do we handle that? Are we able to handle adversity and not flinch when something goes bad? So talking about those things, and then the toughness part of it, you know, I just think that that's what it's going to come down to in the end. Because I think we're athletic, I think we're fast, I think we're a good-looking team. But in the end, it's going to come down to toughness. You know, there's going to be tough games on the road. There's going to be tough spots. Maybe it's really hot out. Maybe late in the season, it's a cold game in the rain. How tough are we really going to be? Because I know we're athletic and I know we're fast, but in the end, we've got to be tough. Uh, back row middle, uh, Jared. Hi, Brian. One of the one of these kind of weird questions that the head football coach occasionally gets. This week, the university applied uh, to get a patent for the word, a trademark, I'm sorry, for the word the. Actually, and I was the, wondering, you know, in your role now as a head coach, as you take it over, that. that's one of those reminders of the size of the university, the scope of the university. Can you just show us a little bit of what you learned about the lengths the university goes to to protect those things and how you have been instructed to go about that in your role? I don't know if you have a role in that, but... but what have you learned about that part of the university? Yeah, well, I think um, the, the first time it really hit me was when I went on the road and went throughout the country from the West Coast to the East Coast to the South to the North. And wherever you went, you know, you had your Ohio State Block O on and people, whether it was in the airports or hotels or whatever, you know, it's the OH or Go Bucks, And you hear it constantly over and over again. And for my family members who wear it all over the country, they just say, I can't believe how many Ohio State people are out there. And I think it just goes to show you the range of what uh, the Ohio State uh, Buckeye Nation really has. And, I, and it's just it's amazing to me that. And then also the loyalty and what it means in this area and the tradition. Um, and so, you know, it's obviously an honor to be a part of it. And, yeah, I think sometimes when you when you sit back and look at, you know, what an unbelievable program this has been over the years and, and what it means to the state of Ohio and then all of Buckeye Nation throughout the country, it really is amazing. And, and you have to appreciate that. Back How are the quarterbacks splitting up the reps of the starting camp, and has it changed this past week? Uh, some drills we roll them, you know, every two, three reps. Uh, team drills, you know, Justin's got a lot of reps with the ones, um, but uh, we try to roll them the best we can and, and just kind of in and out. And if somebody makes a mistake, if, if somebody um, cre- uh, causes a fumble or, or turns the ball over or anything like that, they got to do a lap. If somebody has a penalty, they have to do a lap. So anytime that happens, a new guy goes in. But that's at every position. Um, so we try to roll the best we can, but uh, for the most part, when the ones have been out there, Justin's been, been with the ones. Heard a lot about some of the, the like Kayvon Pope pushing for time at, um, at linebacker. What do you see out of him? What do you see about the younger or less experienced guys that they may be pushing the older guys? Well, uh, Kayvon's had a very good camp so far. And uh, you find guys when you're coaching, uh, they come around every so often that are they're talented, but they're playmakers also. And you know, like sometimes he may be not in the exact right position, but he makes a great play. And, you know, you think the first time he does that, you kind of get on him and say, you're not in the right position there. And then all of a sudden the next day he does the same thing again and makes a great play, you know, and uh, he's done a very, very good job. And uh, I think that's one thing on the defense that we've seen is uh, our young kids have really, really worked hard. And and, and that's, I think, a, a product of the guys in front of them. You know, one thing that really stands out to me here, being new here, is that uh, our veterans – and our 
young men that have been in this program do an unbelievable job of teaching. Uh, when they see something that's something that isn't right, I mean, it's not done wrong the way they're saying it. It's corrected, and they help the young man, and then they move on. And that's why I think the young guys improve a lot faster than they would. I guess talk that HBO is going to do a college series. Would that be something that OSU would would be interested in? Would you like having HBO around filming and doing all that kind of stuff? That's not my decision in any way, you know. But I am going to tell you this: I, you know, I uh, I've had that before, that kind of thing, and uh, I love just coaching. And I think uh, what happens is. Uh, uh, you 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 sometimes get distracted, and uh, it's not fair to the kids. And in my opinion, that's all this is about: is how how you as a coach can make your players better. And uh, that's what that's what we strive to do. Greg, uh, Kate Stover just lost his black stripe yesterday. Just, I see you smiling there. So what are you seeing from Kate so far in camp? Well, he's a, just he's another very very talented young man. Uh, I mean, big, strong young man that can run and he's got a lot of ability. And a great thing for him is he gets to watch Pete Werner every day. And when you're a guy behind him and you see the way Pete plays and the way he has uh, his dedication to doing things correctly, it's been really good for him. And, uh, and he's very talented. You seeing, you know, those guys like Cade and, and Craig, how much are they pushing to maybe get on the field right away as freshmen? Well, you were a ways away from making that decision, but they are working very, very hard every day. And the great thing about here is it may not just be on defense. Special teams are as important as any phase that we have. And so you have that opportunity. If you're a defensive player, you've got a chance to get on the field as a defensive player, you've got a chance to get on the field as a special teams player. So both of them are talented enough and athletic enough to do that. What are the things he's doing to maybe kind of solidify himself as the top guy at his position? Well, I, I, I really believe he is a top guy at his position. I, 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 uh, I've had the opportunity to see a lot of pretty good football players, and uh, I am really impressed with him. I mean, he, you know, he plays extremely hard. He's very physical. He's got great size and strength, and he can run. And he's got unbelievable character. There's not many other things that you need to be a good football player, and that's what he's it's what he's showing. Right behind him, Andrew. Yeah, I had a few questions about the goal position. So, how much are we? Is that going to be on the field? Is that now the base package, or is is it by the? Well, the bullet position. The bullet position is a position that uh, when teams want to try to spread you out and try to use a uh, very very athletic. Uh, tight end possibility to get you a mismatch on what most people would be a big, strong Sam linebacker. Uh, the thing that we have, as I mentioned, is we have a Sam linebacker that is very, very athletic and very, very fast. So we have the bullet position ends up being a way for us to have great depth at the Sam position. You could have them, but they could be interchangeable. Uh, but the bullet position has been very good for us. It gives us a, a lot more flexibility to be able to play in a lot of different positions. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the young men that have done a good job of that is uh, Brendan White has done a really good job of that. And uh, uh, Javon Wint, both of them have had very good camps so far. 
So that kind of leads into my next question. It seems to be mostly safeties that are moving into this new hybrid position. Do you also see, though, in the future maybe as a way to get other linebackers because there's a lot of depth in that position on it? Well, you'd like to have that be the guy that is fast enough to play in the secondary and physical enough to be able to play close to the line of scrimmage and be a really, really uh, fluid, fast player because he will pro- possibly be doing a lot of blitzing. So that's that's the stereotype. Right. Greg, there have been some people that watched Tough Borland struggle last year, and I know he was not full. He was injured a little bit. And they wonder, well, can he hold on to his job coming into it? What do you like about Tough Borland's game? What makes him an option to maybe stay there in the middle for you guys? Well, I like everything about Tough Borland's game. Uh, Tough Borland's another one. Uh, comes out to practice every day. Extremely intelligent. Takes great pride in getting the front lined up. You know, a linebacker can be uh, an unbelievable player. And, 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 and before I finish on that, our backers have all bought into the one thing I think is really, really important, and that's communicating. You know, everybody looks at a linebacker, and he's got to be able to blitz, he's got to be able to tackle, he's got to be able to run. Number one thing he's got to be able to do is get the maybe the best defensive line in, in the Big Ten lined up and ready to go. Because they have a tough time when it's a, a, a tempo running to the football and then having to see what the signal is. So people have to take pride in doing it. Tough and the other linebackers have done a great job of that. And uh, I like his, his physicality. I like his intelligence. I like, uh, you know, everything about his game. Is that true? Like Malik and Pete and Tough, they went through, you know, they got a lot of criticism a year ago. But obviously you guys are seeing something in them that they deserve to be out there and should still be out there this year. Yeah, they've earned it. And, and, and you know, I without mentioning names, another guy that's really, really had a good camp so far is Baron Browning. You know, I mean, uh, and there, I mean, I could go on and on. Taraji's had a, had a good camp. I mean, you could, you know, I hate to mention people, Dallas. I mean, that, that group of backers, they have all done a very, very good job. And I don't mean to miss anybody if I am. Um, you know, Al's done a super job with them. They understand the importance in this defense. Uh, with the aggressiveness, with the taking charge, with the tempo that we're seeing at times, you know, and we're going to see a lot during this year. So uh, they've done a very good job of that. Second row left, Kyle. Uh, what have you seen out of Dallas Gantt this uh, fall and just where do you think he fits among the linebacking group? I, I've seen him maybe make the most improvement of uh, any of that group from the spring. And and I I, I knew Dallas as a – as a high school senior, and uh, I tell you, he's a very talented young man, but all of a sudden, it looks to me like he is really, really, um, really t- stepping forward. It's like he feels comfortable now. It's like he's, he's no longer like with big eyes, seeing you know, what we're supposed to do. And uh, he's very, very strong. Uh, he's got great length. He can run. Um, so I mean, he's doing a lot of the things we need at that position. Yeah, just to clarify, are uh, Malik, Tough, and Pete your starters as of now? Don't know that yet. You know, I don't know that yet. And I, and I, and I don't mean to be vague on this. Um, you know, we won't talk about the starters until we get close to that game. In our, in our opinion, anybody that is doing well could be a starter. Uh, with the tempo we're going to see, with the way teams are going to try to attack us, we better have a first starter, a second starter, and a third starter. And that's how I look at it. You know, so when it comes time to say who is the starter, then the position coach and, and, uh, and Jeff and I will all sit down and we'll say, okay, yeah, that's what we're going to go with. But not right. You know, I don't know what it is right now. You 
talked in the spring about how you really take your role as coordinator seriously, take that literally. Um, could you kind of elaborate on, on what's involved with that? I mean, you're one of three new coaches on that side of the ball. Larry's the only holdover. And what it's taken to get you guys to mesh defensively as coaches? Well, the name coordinator to me has always meant your job is to coordinate coaches. We happen to have a all-star coaching staff that, that, you know, that we talk a lot about each coach has his own position and is responsible for his position. I mean, when you go through the staff that we have uh, on defense, uh, these guys have all coached a long time and are very, very successful. So it's Jeff and my job to coordinate that and make sure we're all working together in one direction. And that would always come under our head coach and, and go from there. So the big thing is making sure we know what type of defense we want to run, know how much we should run, not too much, not too little, uh, know which way we want to go with it, you know, what, what, what kind it's going to be, and then coordinate everybody together teaching it. That's what a coordinator does. Then on game day, then it comes down to taking that game plan that you all have worked together to, to put together and making the calls as the game goes on. So many of you are, are you know, thrown together new. How do you think you're doing with that? Oh, that, uh, that question, that's a great question. You know, with, with this being a new staff, I mean, uh, Larry being the only guy, you know, that it's all like we knew each other. I mean, uh, obviously, Al and I were together, but, uh, I mean, Jeff has done a tremendous job. Larry's just such a great coach and a great person. Uh, and, you know, you can go right down through him. Matt Barnes, I mean, the whole group, it's been a, a tremendous uh, uh, going together to get this done. Greg, um, the, your base defense, it seems like it's – is it – is it a Sam or a bullet, or is that solely dependent on the opponent? It could be either. That's the beautiful thing that we have. You know, as we mentioned before, if you played, I mean, if you set out, you came out and you said, okay, we're going to play our base defense, you would say it probably is a Sam, okay? But with what the type of offenses that people give you now, you feel very, very comfortable having that big, fast athlete also. And like I mentioned before, we have a real advantage in that Pete is that kind of guy also as a Sam. So that's really where you're at. And then uh, Craig Young saw him today. He looks like he's grown quite a bit, gotten stronger. What, what can he become even beyond this year with his potential, with his athletic ability? Yeah, he's a very, very, very good athlete. Very good athlete. And, uh, but he's one of those guys when you see him, you kind of go, okay, fine. And then all of a sudden you see him run and you go, wow. I mean, this guy, uh, he, he really, you know, everything is going to be ahead of him. You know, I think he came from a high school where he played probably every position, you know. And so now when he is in one area, for example, and he's locked in and he's coached on everything he does, the thing I've noticed about him, because he's been in my room at times, uh, thing I've noticed about him is he really is interested in doing the right thing. You know, sometimes in coaching, you find guys that as freshmen can't concentrate for all the meetings you have. He's one that tries to get better every day. Front row left. Yep. Uh, Greg, in talking about Baron Browning, how much is he working in the middle? How much is he working at outside linebacker? Where, where will he fit in, do you think? He's in the middle. He's in the middle. But the one thing, the one thing in our defense and with our backers, um, by what people give you, 
they could all be the same guy by adjusting out and doing that kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, if you were going against the I-back running team like it used to be 20 years ago, then he would say he would be definitely an inside guy. You know, that's where he's playing. So could there be any circumstances or any alignments where of Tuff, Taraja, and Barron, you could have two of those guys in the field at the same time? Are they, are they all basically playing Mike and you got to pick which one's on the field? They're all playing Mike and Will. Okay, so there's two inside linebackers. It's a Mike linebacker and a Will linebacker, and they can be very interchangeable. And that's what that's what uh, Al has done a very good job of that we, we talked about doing is that you don't want to pigeonhole a guy when they're talented. You want to be able to say, okay, if the next best guy is this guy, then he's got to be able to play Will and Mike, for example. And, uh, and that's what he's working with on him right now. When you're in a third down situation, the passing down, where you'll probably only have two linebackers on the field. Who are your two best cover linebackers in a nickel look like that? Last year, a lot it was Malik and Barron would be out there. They both have been the the the, the two that have worked a lot, but but all of them have improved enough to be in there. You know, again, we've got time yet. Uh, Pete Werner has also worked in on that. You know, being that. And so, like I said, you got a bunch of linebackers that, that they've done a really good job with them, and now it's just a matter as it keeps working out who is going to be that those best two. And, and how did you and Ryan come to the decision that you would, in practice, have a group like that with the outside linebackers that you have, as opposed to every practice just you roaming and going from group to group? How did that work out? Well, I think the first day I was here, or first practice in the spring, uh, I almost went crazy. I mean, it had been the first year I'd never coached a position, and I was going, no, I can't do this, you know. And then the backer position has three positions. And, uh, and, and as, as a coordinator, you always want to be in the middle to be able to see this, be with the secondary and a lot of things and in the front with a lot of things. And so it was a natural position to work with the Sams, you know, and kept me from, from doing something harmful to myself. Does it keep you, it keeps you connected a little more? Yes, it keeps you connected. It keeps you sane. You know, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Let's think about this now. Uh, you got coaches that are tremendous coaches, right? Okay. Now I'm going to walk over there and stand there like this, and and uh, Larry and I have coached for a long time, and I'm going to stand there and I'm going to go, okay, that's good, yep. And then I'm going to go over to the next place and do the same thing. I I can't do that. I can't do that, you know. And uh, and it's worked out great. It's 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 been a really really good deal that way. Hey, Greg, when you look at the talent on this team, I think everybody can agree it's one of the most talented teams in the country. Um, last year was statistically the worst defense in the history of the program. When you come in and look, and then the reason for that obviously is a lack of talent. So when you look at the film coming in with fresh eyes, did you did you feel overwhelmed? Did it seem like small stuff was out of order? Like what needed to be fixed from your, like just kind of to simplify it a little bit, did that seem like an overwhelming task? if you have the pieces in place to fix the issue? The first thing, I would never judge what they did last year on defense. Uh, the coordinator was a great coordinator. They had a great staff. Uh, you know, stats are stats. I'm not a big stat guy, okay? The one thing we believe in, and I have always 100% believed in, and that is to run to the football. And I'll tell you people this, when you're watching, and if you see – our defense not run to the football, then you ask me. 
you come up and talk to me about because one thing our guys have bought into, we will run to the football. In practice, we have 320-pound guys. We have Chase Young, who's one of the top players in the country right now, running to the football on every play. We have linebackers that'll blitz and get to the quarterback, turning and putting their foot in the ground and running. And to me, that is what helps your defense overcome any deficiencies. I mean, let's face it, stats are stats. You know, the only stat that really, really, that I ever really looked really, really close at are points. You know, giving up points. You know, that's the bottom line. I never even look at what it was last year. It doesn't matter to me. The thing that I know we're going to do is we are going to be an aggressive defense that runs to the football, and everybody on our defense believes in that, and that's why I'm so proud of these kids right now. Look at the way that Ohio State, or what Ryan Day did when he first took the job. I mean, he changed the defensive staff, all but one person. And, I mean, points, statistics, whatever, whether they mean something or not, I mean, they're it wasn't a good defense from Ohio State standard a year ago. And I'm just wondering, to come in and be in charge of coordinating it and having to fix it, I know running the football, and but like, was it an overwhelming, is it a tough task for you to come in here and say, well, this needs to be different, or is it okay because it's talented enough to fix? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, coming in here, I didn't look at it that way. You know, I, I, I looked at Ohio State always as being uh, a great program. And somebody said something to me one time, and I said, guys, they were 13-1. and one. You know, 13-1 and one now. There's a lot of places in the country that would like to raise their hand and say we were 13-1. and one. Okay? So anything our defensive staff can do to make this defense as good as can be, I believe will only help trying to get to be the very best. You know? Uh, as far as, again, scheme and all that kind of thing, all I can tell you is that we will work very, very hard and have worked very, very hard. If this is a correction, then it's a correction. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to tell you that our defense and anywhere I've ever coached defense is it's always keep the ball inside and front, be aggressive, play up to your talent. We are very, very talented. Sometimes when you have a very, very talented team, you as a coach say, go. You don't try to invent things. You don't try to make it too complicated. What you try to do is say, I'm going to let you guys go play. And I th- happen to think this defense has that. The other thing, don't forget now, a lot of defensive players are back, aren't they? I mean, there's a lot of guys back, correct? From, that must mean they were very young last year. You know what I mean? There's always, you don't ever know when a, when a, it, it is a junior or a sophomore that's just played, is he mature or not? You know what I mean? And that's sometimes what happens. You can be talented, but if you don't have the maturity, if you don't have enough experience, that kind of thing, you know, maybe sometimes things are right. But I don't, that doesn't, I don't, I'm not going to worry about that. I am really, really excited right now about what our kids are doing on defense. And it's our job to get them to play up to the standard that you just talked about. And that's to be the best there is. And that's Ohio State football. Confirmed that they'll set aside time to practice for Michigan, whether it's daily, weekly, or whatever. Did that catch you by surprise? No. And no. Was that done by your previous employer? I don't know. <laughs> and have, you taken, have you taken note of the changes that are being made there on offense? All I know is we've got a game coming up pretty quick, and we're going to be ready to go. Right, real quick now, i got last two guys. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, 
Brendan White, is there a chance that he can be on the field as one of the two safeties in y'all's defense? How, how is that going to work? Like you say, if you go with the Sam look, where does he fit then into the that Sam look kind of? See, the good thing about Brendan White is he's got a lot of experience, one. Number two, he is very, very intelligent, and he's very athletic. So that allows him to be – and remember now – in our scheme, there's a lot of different packages. There's a nickel package. There's a regular package. There's a bullet package. There's a penny package. There's all kinds of things. And Brendan has the athleticism and the experience at two different positions to be able to fit in. So that's what's allowed us to do. He has a possibility to fit in as a safety in one package and, a, and to fit in as a, as a bullet in another package. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of different places. Two starting safeties right now. I mean, if you had to go to play a game tomorrow, I mean, what is it? We're, we're thinking Jordan Fuller might be one. I mean, is that wrong or? No, it's not wrong. Yeah. And again, I don't want to talk about who the st- who the starters are yet because we're in camp, yeah. and and I don't ever like to just say this guy's a starter until camp is over and we get ready for a game. And one other thing, I, I was going to ask what's a penny defense, but I'll get to that some other time. But. Uh, uh, Chase Young the other day was talking to a couple of us, and he was surprised by the idea that maybe he might get double, maybe even triple teamed this year a few times and stuff. What have you seen just come along with him? What does he bring to the package? Well, Chase Young is an outstanding person, athlete, and football player. Okay? And as far as triple teaming him, good luck. Good luck because you got Cooper, you got – some other guys right there that that means they are singled. And uh, that's the beautiful thing in our package that I'm excited about is you, you don't just have one. You know, you got guys that when, and they all have the same pride. You know, if you said to them, if they were sitting here right now and you said to them, hey, they're all worried about tripling uh, uh, Chase, they would all look at you and say, really? Good. Then I'm one-on-one. Let's see what happens, you know. Uh, you've obviously now had a few months to work with Jeff Hafley since spring. How have you guys kind of worked together, and what stood out the most to you? Tremendous, about? tremendous. The question is uh, having the opportunity to work with Jeff Hafley. Uh, you know, sometimes when there's co-coordinators, it, you know, it, it can be it, it, working together, that kind of thing. It's been tremendous. Uh, Jeff and I um, work really, really well together. And, and the big thing is there's no egos you know, our deal is to try to make this defense the best we can. That's it. That's it. That's our whole goal. And his expertise in the back end, uh, I mean, he's as good a secondary coach as I've ever seen, and, and, and I know the players would say that. And, uh, and then for us to be able to work with the front end, uh, it's worked out perfect. I, I just, I mean, he's, he's a great one now. He's done a really good job, and we, work, we get along tremendous. What's his best asset, do you think, in the back end as a secondary coach? What's his best? What's best asset? What does he bring? Like well, that? he's so intelligent. He knows. I mean, he's coached the best. For seven years prior to come here, he coached NFL defensive backs, the best in the game, and, uh, and was successful at doing that. So now all of a sudden he comes here and has a tremendously successful group of uh, back end guys that he can now take them to the next step. Coach, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you.